Welcome to Denver Sports Tonight. Taking a look at the biggest stories in Denver sports. From your online home for the best opinions and information on the Broncos, Nuggets, Avalanche, Rockies, and more. DenverSports.com Good evening, Colorado and the Rocky Mountain Mile High region. What is up? We've got a case of the Mondays. We never have a case of the Mondays on Denver Sports tonight. I am your host, Cecil Lammy, talking about, you guessed it, the Denver Broncos cut down day coming up tomorrow, Tuesday. On a Tuesday, 2 p.m., Broncos will have to make decisions. Will there be tough cuts? Will there be surprise cuts? What's in store for Sean Payton and company? All that and more on tonight's program. And I, I believe I have to start with something that's been bothering me. And Lord knows Mike Evans would be the one to instigate this. And I I believe it was Mike. I want to double check before I throw my brother and his mom jeans underneath the bus. But I believe it was Mike Evans this morning on Schlereth and Evans that was suggesting that Sean Payton might have something to think about with the way that Jared Stidham played in the preseason finale against the Los Angeles Rams. And it was Mike Evans the forever potster that was suggesting that maybe, just maybe, Jared Stidham is closer to Russell Wilson than anybody could have ever guessed. And that is absolutely preposterous. Now, it's not just Mike Evans. I've witnessed it. I've experienced it myself on Twitter, which is the realm of the lowest common denominator. I saw that line from... Sandy, and I will continue to use it, but also on Instagram. Instagram's like my happy place because I mainly just post about comic books because, well, I own an independent comic book company, Um, so it's like my happy place. It's like, hey, comic books, hey, whatever. You know, there's Romy just smiling before some game or something. It's like, yeah, so Instagram's pretty happy. I had some fan coming after me about, you wouldn't be the last person to admit that Jarrett Stidham was fantastic against the Rams. And uh, What? Where in the hell did all these Stidham fans and stands come from? Like, seriously. And I understand that some of y'all out there may not be down with Russ because he's a cheese ball or whatever. And as I've often said time and time again, a million times out of a million, I would take Russell Wilson and his cheese and his corniness, cornball, cheeseball, all the snacks, bring them all. Where's the Doritos? I would bring that all rather than having a Ben Roethlisberger on my team or a Deshaun Watson on my team. Do I need to go any further? I don't believe I do. So I understand there's some people that don't like Russ because Russ is a cheeseball or whatever. Like, okay, and you're never going to change those people's mind. It's something that I have alerted my friends I'll have to keep this one fairly generic so no one gets offended. But I've alerted some of my friends who take stances on social networking, and I've said, you know you're not changing anybody's mind, right? You know you can virtue signal and take your stand, and I totally, I'm totally outraged. I'm totally offended. You're not changing anybody's mind because all that stuff is mainly is an echo chamber. I'd rather have conversations with people, but I cannot believe that there is such an anti-Russ backlash that Jared Stidham, who was good, he showed his toughness. There's so many good things about Jared Stidham to talk about. He's nothing more than a backup, okay? And this is what 
whoever it was on Instagram was upset with me about. Like, you have said they've got nothing in Stidham. Yeah. You've got a backup. Didn't Colt McCoy get cut today? And he's like 100 years old? You know who's better than Jared Stidham? Colt McCoy. Right? Um, Jordan Temu. I would take a shot. I believe the Vikings cut him. I liked him with the Battle Hawks. Ha! Love that. Those fans are crazy. St. Louis fans are crazy. Maybe because they're mad at Kroenke for moving the Rams. <laughs> but, like, the St. Louis Battle Hawks fans, y'all are crazy. But Jordan Temu, you know who I'd rather take a chance on than Ben DiNucci? Jordan Temu. The XFL. And I don't mind DiNucci. And I don't mind sitting for what he is. But let's not get ridiculous and overstep anything. There's so many good things to take away from that preseason finale. But we have to measure it correctly. So what I do, because you're never going to get me, you're never going to bait me on social networking with anything. Again, um, you know, people that try to troll. I don't even care if it's other reporters or whatever. Like, I'm not going to troll. I don't care. Uh, I want to have conversations. I want to be civil, even if there are disagreements. So what I told this person on Instagram was like, hey, have a great day. Um, just know that Stidham was maddeningly inconsistent in practice for three weeks. Maddeningly inconsistent in practice since May. So we can take everything from May and we can throw it away for one good half, one great half against the Rams backups. The Rams have 35 rookies on their roster. Do you realize that? Before their 53 is made, there's 35 rookies. The Rams aren't real good, people. It's one of the reasons I was so concerned last week during the joint practices. It was like, when the Rams starters are out there, and there's a lot of no-name starters on the Rams, when the Rams starters are out there and they're working the Broncos, that's a concern. And I took more from the 120 reps in the two days of joint practices than I did from the blowout Broncos preseason game. Now, that being said, I'm glad they won. I'm glad they kicked the snot out of them. I'm glad that, you know, that it, it feels good with the win, right? It feels good. And I hate the fact that I have to start off today's show like this, but there's just certain people out there that can't stand Russ so much that see Stidham beat up a bunch of insurance salesmen and be like, he's a man alive. And then Mike Evans, forever stirring the pot. Mike Evans is saying like, oh, does Sean Payton have something to think about? And I know that it's our lot in life to ask questions. And I know that I've said on these airwaves, I'm glad that my fan family, I'm glad that we will ask the tough questions. But tough questions, not ridiculous questions. Dare I say dumb questions. Those questions, tough questions are good. Ridiculous questions are ridiculous. And I don't even think, it's it's Mike stirring the pot. It's what I know it is. Because he asked Andrew Mason this. And Mace, Mace held it together a lot better than I do. I don't hold it together very well. That's my problem. But the fact of the matter is, this season is all about Russell Wilson. This season, no matter what they do, come hell or high water, is all about what does Russell Wilson bring to the field. And I believe in Sean Payton. I believe in Sean Payton's system. I believe in Sean Payton's play calling. I believe that Sean Payton will get the best out of Russell Wilson, and I don't know what that is. I don't know if the best out of Russell Wilson is 3,500 yards and 20 touchdowns, and 400 yards rushing and four touchdowns, and an 8-9 and nine record. Is that the best you can get? Whatever the answer is, barring an injury, and Lord knows we all hope everyone stays healthy forever and ever and ever. But barring injury, 
I know that at the end of the season, this team will be able to make a decision on Russell Wilson because his 2025 money kicks in guaranteed if you keep him on the roster after this year. You have to know about Russ. It does not do you any good. Let's say Stidham was better, and let's say Stidham was consistent during practice. Let's say this game against the Rams wasn't a surprise because Stidham had showed it in practice. Now, he didn't, and he doesn't. And it was a surprise. I mean, no one was predicting a blowout, right? Like, come on. And no one was predicting that from Jarrett Stidham. And again, I feel bad because there's good things to take away from Stidham's game. I'll get to that in just a little bit. But let's say that was the case. You would still sit Jarrett Stidham on the bench because this season, unless Russ was terrible immediately, and that's if Stidham was actually consistent and good. If Russ was terrible immediately, you pull the plug, throw in Stidham, you try to win seven, eight games, whatever. Jared Stidham has not been consistent, and the one pass against Michael Bandy might have been the best pass um, in joint practices where he threw it in a honey hole, cover two beater, left side lines. That's a beautiful throw. The next ten throws were, like, off. And this is something that God bless every fan that is excited about this team. God bless you all. Broncos country, I appreciate you. There's still some trolls out there that try to say, like, well, you're a Steelers fan. Like, no, I'm not really a fan of anybody because in this job, you can't really be a fan anymore. It's one of the, and nobody cry for me. I cover football for a living. But, like, it's one of the, like, down parts of the job is, like, yeah, I can't just put on my football fan hat anymore because I'm always analyzing. Hell, if I watch guys throw in the park, <laughs> I analyze their throwing motion. I'd be like, oh, he dropped his elbow there. You know what I mean? If someone's playing a pickup game of football, you know what I'm doing? Looking at his feet. That's just, it's my curse. But either way, I do not want this to even get started. I want to nip it in the bud as soon as possible. If that means publicly calling out Mike Evans, then so be it. If that means picking up the phone and calling my brother Mike Evans. If that means showing up here at 530 in the morning so I can have some, uh, you know, a heart-to-heart with Mike Evans, please, for the love of God, nobody start this. Don't start it. I will finish it. Do not start the, you should start Jarrett Stidham over Russell Wilson conversation. Russ is going to have struggles. I've seen the future. And you know what it looks like, Broncos fans? Tough. Rough. The future for this team looks like close games, looks like hard-fought games, Looks like close wins. Looks like some struggles. Struggling. As Drunk Joe Namath would say. Struggling. This team is going to have some issues this year. I still got them around nine wins. Hopefully they push for ten wins. Hopefully they push for the playoffs. Again, I believe in Sean Payton. I believe Sean Payton will get the best out of Russell Wilson. I also believe the last thing that Sean Payton needs to do is think about Jared Stidham. Jared Stidham is there. He's the pizza in the trunk and Tommy Boy. You want the chicken wings. I don't care if the kitchen is closed. You want the chicken wings. Yeah, if the, you know, they really won't get you the chicken wings, then you got the pizza in the trunk. That's Jared Stidham. He's the pizza in the trunk. I don't want the pizza in the trunk. I want Russell Wilson. I want Russell Wilson to stay healthy, and I want Russell Wilson to show what he can be. What can you be, Russ? What's there? 
can Russell Wilson be fixed? He's not a dog. Like, no. What's there with Russell Wilson? We don't learn that if you're pulling the plug or you've got a quick hook for your quarterback. Exit stage left. Like, you, you, you can't go into this season knowing what this team needs. And as I've said, I believe it was Friday's show. KJ, you can correct me if I'm wrong. I've taken a glance at next year's draft. I know some really good people. I'll name names. My dear friend, Matt Miller, who's the number two at ESPN now in terms of draft analysts. I showed him around his first senior bowl. Uh, always be friends with Matt Miller. He's already said this is a great tackle class. I've taken a look at it. There's certainly the potential for six first-round tackles. Six. That's crazy, man. That's crazy. And I'm talking legit. I'm not talking like, hey, teams get desperate. No, you know, here's a couple of tackles that shouldn't belong. It might be more than six tackles in the first round. Memo to Garrett Bowles. But either way, the one thing this team needs, more than anything, you love the Broncos. You want the Broncos to win. I want Russell Wilson to win. Or I want to learn that Russell Wilson can't win anymore. I want to learn because you either win or you learn, and when you learn, you win, so you always win. I want the Broncos to win this year. Either win on the field with Russ, 10 games, 11 games, playoffs, here we come, let's go Broncos. That's what I want. Or I want them to learn Russ isn't the guy. But if you've got this notion, and by the way, it's not a correct notion. You've got this notion that Jared Stidham, because he beat up the Rams, guys that are going to be selling insurance in a week, he was really good against guys that aren't going to ever play ever again. If you're going to push Jared Stidham out there, and again, Sean Payton will get the best. He's an elevator. He's like Kyle Shanahan, right? Kyle Shanahan could win with Jimmy Garoppolo. <laughs> okay, you're going to find out a lot about Jimmy G this season. Minus Kyle Shanahan, what is Jimmy G? I've got the answer for you. Not good. Minus Kyle Shanahan, what is that quarterback? Not good. So Josh McDaniels and company, get ready for Aiden O'Connell. I actually really like Aiden O'Connell. Unfortunately, he's a Raider. But, yeah, get ready for the kid. Saw him at the Shrine Bowl. Some called him the best quarterback in this draft. Not me. It was Bryce Young. But either way, like, Sean Payton is an elevator. You're going to get the best. Jameis Winston, he's 30 for 30. With Sean Payton, he's dealing. He's smoking, right? He's uh, hot. His play was great. Russell Wilson, I expect the same thing. But if you're out there promoting the mere notion that Sean Payton has something to think about, Mike Evans' words, Does Sean Payton have something to think about? The answer, Mike, I've got the answer for you, brother. And I love you dearly. And I will fully admit in our Jay Cutler, Jake Plummer arguments back in the day on the No BS Broncos postgame show, you won. Like, I was on, you'll be shocked to know I was on board with the first rounder and Mike Evans was the Mr. Jake Plummer guy. Now I'm the Mr. Jake Plummer guy. (laughs) But either way, so I can admit when I'm wrong, I can admit when Mike Evans is right. Mike Evans, you are so wrong to even suggest that. To even say, hey, you know, is there a quarterback controversy? No. God, no. I hated those days. I hated Locke versus Teddy when we all knew Locke wasn't going to win because they already gave the job to Teddy. 
That was a charade. I always laugh when people are like, isn't it charade? No, it's a charade. Uh, okay, whatever, baby. Get down how you get down. Pronounce it wherever you want. All I know is Drew Locke competed his ass off that summer for a job that was already decided. That was a f- fake news. That was a fake competition. My opinion, you know, it's not like anybody told me that. But I watched practice, and I just had the idea that this was Teddy's job, not Drew couldn't do anything to win that job. Every day, Vic Fangio. The mistakes of this franchise, the numerous mistakes of this franchise. You wonder why the Broncos have been embarrassing for six years, seven years? You wonder why? It's multiple terrible mistakes. Not like, hey, they tripped up here, and oh, a little bad pick here, a little bad pick here, but whatever. Like, no, awful mistake, awful mistake, awful decision. Uh, not giving Vance Joseph power, terrible decision. Not firing him after one year and hiring Mike Shanahan and getting Kirk Cousins, terrible decision. Going to Vic Fangio, promising him Gary Kubiak, and then not hiring back all the guys that Gary wanted to bring with him, terrible decision. Ruined him. Rich Gangarello got the best out of Drew Locke in five games. He's four and one, looked pretty good, except for the Chiefs game. We'll all give him a, a you know a pass in the Chiefs game. Kid's a rookie, four and one as a starter. Scangarello's telling him what to do. You fire him after the season, after your season-ending press conference, when you all thought Scangarello was was safe. Terrible decision. Pat Shermer, terrible decision. Joe Flacco, Case Keenum, terrible decision. Teddy Bridgewater, terrible decision. Not. Correcting lock, bringing in Blake Bortles, listening to, hey, let's just put our badges in the corners, guys. Like, no, I don't care what you think about that policy. I honestly do not care what you think about that badge policy that the Broncos had and every team had and everybody had and all that. To listen to Blake Bortles, allegedly, because we don't know who exactly it was, but if you're Drew Locke and you're the franchise, you're the quarterback, and some journeyman allegedly says, hey, guys, put our badges in the corner and let's just sit down and pass the popcorn. You know what you tell that guy? Go pound sand, dude. Get out of here. Blake Bortles, allegedly, or whatever I have to say, like, terrible decision. Having a competition against Teddy Bridgewater, which was never really a fair competition. Terrible decision. Nathaniel Hackett without Aaron Rodgers. Terrible decision. I'm sick of that, man. And you know what Jared Stidham would be putting him in over Russell Wilson? A terrible decision. Russ has got to be hurt for Jared Stidham to ever see the field. Anything, anything suggested differently is folly. Most Broncos fans are going to know that. And you all get excited. Listen, Saturday was exciting, man. It was. I'm not going to take that game away from Jared Stidham, but I can't unsee... Everything since May in one game. Now, you may be saying, what about Albert Okuebenam? Au contraire, mon frere. I've got thoughts on Albert O that's coming up in about 10 minutes. Stay tuned for that. But please, just know what the Broncos have to do. They have to find out about Russ. They have to play Russ as much as possible. They have to get everything out of Russell Wilson because if it can't work, you've got to move on. You do not want any gray area. You do not want any, like, oh, we got mad at him and benched him because Jared Stidham had a great game against the Rams backups that won't play football. That was awesome. You can't do that. The best decision is what's best for the Denver Broncos. And I hate to bring up Paxton Lynch, 
because Lord knows everyone's going to drag me about that forever and ever and ever, which is fine, baby. I got broad shoulders. Somebody on Twitter is like, name the Broncos you've hit on. And I'm like, I don't have time, baby. Like, and again, it's it ain't about me. Like, stop. For everyone to like, oh, you, you said they don't have anything in Jared Stidham. Yeah, because they don't. He's a backup. Okay? Like, there's nothing wrong with that. If I was a backup and making millions in the league, never getting hit, like, that'd be awesome. And Jared Stidham got hit. He got tore up on Saturday night. And that's why, I like, I wish I could talk about his toughness. I wish I could talk about his decision-making. I wish I could talk about the way that he targeted guys like uh, Marvin Mims or a little Jordan Humphrey or Lydia. Like, I wish I could tell you these stories rather than fight against this push, this anti-Russell Wilson backlash, so much so that when his backup has a great game, you heard me correct, Stidham stands. He had a great game against Rams backups that won't play football. He had a great game. When a guy has one great game, it's not going to wash away everything he's done since May, which has been inconsistent. And it's all because you all don't like Russell Wilson. Like, stop. What's best for the Denver Broncos? And again, going back to number 12, the guy who wanted to play Madden more than he wanted to play in the actual NFL. And I won't get personal because I already got in trouble years ago. I don't even think I can retell the story of why I got in trouble, although I think I have, so I don't know. (sighs) Just don't call people morons on the radio. That's my suggestion. But either way, when I was saying play Paxton Lynch and people were saying pay Trevor Simeon because he's the answer, I said no, Simeon is not the answer. The answer is find out what you have in this kid. I don't care if he ran eight plays in Memphis. Run those eight plays and try to get him to learn more. What does it mean? I don't care if he's balling on the sidelines, dude. Suck it up. Get tough, buttercup. Get out there. This is football. What was best for the Denver Broncos, speaking of horrible mistakes, and I happen to like Trevor as a person because he's really, he's really incredibly smart. We already know that. But he also is a good sport because he was always polite to me, even though he knew I would call him a slappy like every time I was on the radio. And even Trevor himself would call himself a slappy at press conferences, which was, you know, kind of self-deprecating but funny. And, like, Trevor never held it against me. It's like Monte Ball. When I'm bagging on Monte Ball left and right on the air, like, he never held it against me. And I appreciate that because I have to have the ability to say what I want to say without Donald Stevenson wanting to kick my ass like he wanted to years ago and Broncos PR fortunately lied to him about where I was. But anyway, the best thing for the Denver Broncos back when Paxton was here with Trevor was to play 12 because then you figure it out. Oh, he's never going to get it. Next, you do the Josh Rosen thing, right? Next, move on. Go get you Josh Allen or whoever. You're like, keep getting the guy until you get your guy. Keep going. But they didn't because, oh, well, we don't know. And John, you know, there's a thought about he didn't want to be embarrassed by actually playing Paxton Lynch. No, 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 no. What's best for the Broncos? Is it best for the Broncos to have a quick hook with Russell Wilson and put in Jared Stidham, who was great against the Rams backups? Is that what's best for the Denver Broncos? If you can answer that, honestly then you know what the answer is. What's best for the Broncos is to play Russell Wilson through hell and high water, through struggles, through triumphs, to figure out 
If he can be your guy for two more years, remember that money kicks in for 2025. You have two more years of salary, major money, major investment for Russell Wilson. You have to find out this year. If you're quick to bench him because the backup was great against backups, that is not what's best for the Denver Broncos. So think about it. You may not like Russell Wilson. That's your opinion. I happen to like him. I happen to believe Sean Payton will get the best out of him. I don't know what that is. You may not like Russell Wilson. You may not want him as your quarterback. You may be super excited about what just Derek Sidham did. These are all fair. That's fine, baby. But your answer should always be, not to sound like Bill Lumberg, is this good for the company? Is this good for the Denver Broncos? You know what's good for the Denver Broncos? Playing Russell Wilson. It's Denver Sports Tonight. I am Cecil Lammy. So, yeah, yeah, Stidham had a game. Great game. But I'm saying calm down, everybody. Albert O had a monster game, and I'm saying, what if? Why the difference? I'll tell you next. It's Denver Sports Tonight on Denver Sports Station. 1043 The Band. Cecil Lammy talking about... The Denver Broncos want you to go to denversports.com, go there, bookmark it, go there every day, no damn paywalls, and sign up for that Denver Sports Daily. It's free. It's a daily newsletter with the top Denver sports right to your inbox every single day, Monday through Friday. The Denver Sports Daily for free, available at denversports.com. My man, Carlos Lopez, and yes, I will name you by name, Carlos, a dear friend of Denver's own Ryan Johnson. Judge for yourself, Star Wars fans. But either way, my dude Carlos is texting me saying he'd take Jared Stidham. Carlos, are you trolling me? Like, for real. Like, I already, I already got social networking people being like, oh, you, you said Jared Stidham couldn't play and he just uh, tore up the Rams. Now I got one of my best friends texting me <laughs> saying he takes Stidham. Like, come on, man. Oh, wait, I, I know, I know. Cat's out of the bag. Carlos is a Patriots fan. Come on, man. I'm not saying he's got Tom Brady's number tattooed on his body. But he might. Anyway. Shout out, Carlos. Shout out, Star Wars. (laughs) It's like my brother-in-law. God bless Bill Logan. But, like, everything, he's a Star Trek fan. And so anytime Star Wars does something that's somewhat successful, which that doesn't happen in a while, but anyway... My brother-in-law will be like, oh, but Deep Space Nine was... I'm shut up! I give him the Sandy treatment, right? I don't want to hear about that, baby. I don't want to hear about Star Trek, okay? <laughs> and Bill is uh, he's a big Mopar guy, and I appreciate Mopars. I'm a Shelby guy. I'm a Ford guy. Um, I appreciate all muscle cars. But anytime, uh, I think the new Mustang GTD, Carlos will get this right, um... It's like a track car that's street legal. It's, I believe, the fastest production car, although if you look at, like, GTRs and stuff, they're GTRs are faster than motorcycles, which I never thought I would say. And electric cars blow everything, so it's like, what's the point? After I drove Eric Goodman's Tesla, shout out Goody, and I was just like, what's the, <laughs> what's the point of gas engines now for horsepower? I know I always want gas engines, trust me. Um, but like, yeah, electric cars are super fast. I'm getting off track. But anyway, so anytime Ford does something like the new GTD Mustang, 
Bill will text me like, oh, my my Hellcat Demon Red Eye, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, you don't even own that. You have a Challenger GT, dude. Like, come on. Come on. It'd be like if I bragged about having a Super Snake when I have a Shelby GT, right? It's different. Like, if you got it, you can brag about it. If you don't got it, you can't brag about it. Well, the Hellcat Red Eye Demon is blah, 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 blah. I'm like, yeah, yeah, it's a cool car. You don't own it. Anyway, so I don't know if Carlos is doing that or if it's his Patriots fanhood sneaking in. I'm not sure. And with Brady being a minority owner of the Raiders, did you see that the other night? Brady in the tunnel telling Jimmy G and Aiden O'Connell, he's like, go ruin their night. Well, they... Uh, if they were actually good, Tom, then maybe they could. But here's what's going to happen on week one. The Broncos are going to win. And they might do it with Albert Okawebanon making some plays. I'm so proud of this young man. And people will say, well, say, wait a second, Cecil. Like, you, you just said, you know, hey, Jared Stidham, it's one game, Rams backups. Like, don't get too excited. But now you're telling me to get excited about overall? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. I'm telling you to get excited about Albert Okoebanam. I'm telling Steve Levy to learn how to say Albert Okoebanam. I'm saying get excited, man. The dude did it. And it wasn't just one game. For two weeks in practice, first two weeks, Albert O looked like he's going to get cut. If we go back to July 28th when camp started, I said on these airwaves, Albert O's not going to make the team. What are we talking about? What are we doing here? First two weeks, awful. Last on the depth chart. You know, not making plays, not blocking anything. Something clicked with that young man. Not exactly sure what it is, but something clicked. And he started, I think it was the Marcus Haynes thing. He started playing with confidence, the C word, confidence. He started playing because he demolished Marcus Haynes as a blocker twice. I feel bad Marcus Haynes had a good camp. Not a bad preseason either. Developmental pass rusher, you hold on to him, PS squad, whatever. But, like, Albert O took the last two weeks blocked his ass off, looked good against the Cardinals, looked great against the Rams. So, yeah, that's more impactful. That's more indicative of where he's at as a player than watching Jared Stidham in one game. When if you watch practice, even against the Rams, Stidham did have the best throws. Cover two beater, as I said, Michael Bandy, left sideline, cover two, honey hole, beautiful throw. Ten throws after that were off. No hyperbole. So what is more impactful, the guy that took two weeks and two games and looked really good and great, or the guy that, like, had one good throw but then ten bad throws and then had a great game for one week in basically three days because with two days of joint practices and one game? So what is more impactful? Well, the answer, obviously, is Albert Okwebenam. And I'm so happy for him because it's about changing the narrative. Okay? You're never going to stop unless you don't like – Facts, <laughs> unless you don't like information, because again, there's a segment and there's even brands that have decided like we're never going to say anything negative and it's just all super positive and let's go Broncos and oh, we're the bigger Broncos, we're the Broncos. Like, that's not fair. Now, on the flip side, as I've often said, don't be negative. And again, rule number one in life, don't be dumb. Rule number two, don't be in a cult. But like, it's, it's disingenuous. Y'all Broncos fans are way too smart. Way too, except for the Stidham stands. You guys are way too smart it's for the whole, like, everything's awesome. Everything's great. Broncos going to win. They're going to win, like, 12 games. They're going to win 15 games. Like, no, no, none of that is true. They're going to fight to win 8, 9, 10 games. This is the way. This is the direction they're going. So 
Albert O changing that narrative, that's what it's about. Unless you're someone who just says, Albert O was always great, and it was never, there was never anything wrong with him. Why was he almost cut then? Why was he almost traded then? Like, why? We know why. He wasn't doing it. Wasn't getting it done. Now he's got it done, and he's got it done more than just one game. And that's what this game is about, and you see how much it means to him. I think the biggest thing, the largest thing that we've seen from Albert Okawebenom, the greatest thing, the sweetest thing, is the fact that we see how much it means to him. How many guys would have wrapped it up? You know what I mean? Uh, Drew Locke's not here. That's my guy. He's gone. I'm, I'm, I miss him. Another coaching staff. Man, Sean Payton, he's kind of mean to me. Like, whatever. Like, I gotta, you gotta love me up. And, um, you know, I, I just, I just can't block. And I just, I'm not, I'm not gonna do it. But I, I you know, I could be a receiver. I'm so frustrated. He could have shut it down. He could have called it in. He could have phoned it in. He could have sucked. But instead, Albert Okwebunam fought. He fought for it and he got it. That's what football is about, nay. That's what life is about. Oh, no. You know, I grew up poor in the east coast of Colorado, and I only went to one year of community college, and I just, I don't have an education, and I could just, no, I just wrap it up, right? No, fight for it. What do you want? Fight for it. Alberto, what do you want? We already know. It's making plays in the NFL. That's what Alberto Cuebanom wants, and he, he's getting it, man. And we all should be happy for him. And when people are coming after me, like, you said Alberto couldn't play. I'm like, yeah, because the first two weeks of camp, he was terrible. Something changed. So either I can put my feet in the ground, and again, it has nothing to do with me. Nothing whatsoever. Glory to the players. Glory to the game. This game is brilliant. This game is brutal. This game is beautiful. Always snowball from clerks. Beautiful, man. This game is life. I don't think in my senior annual we did the most likely thing. I know I won best dancer at my high school two years in a row. Humble brag. There was 30 people in my high school. I was related to everybody, so whatever. KJ, at your high school, did you have the most likely to succeed or most likely to whatever? No, you know, when you go to high school, about 50 people, you know. That doesn't happen down in Mississippi? Nope. All right. Well, for mine, if my high school senior annual would have said most likely to under my name, you know what it would be? Be in jail. And I'm not even kidding. Okay? I've been there. (laughs) I drove without a license for five years. It was suspended, everybody. No Deweys or anything like that. But still, like, yeah, I could have phoned it in. I could have been like, well, you know, I just, I didn't have that silver spoon in my mouth, you know. Hey, uh, you know, when, when I moved to Denver from the country in 2000, I was a landscaper making eight bucks an hour. Mowing lawns. And when it became winter, guess what I wasn't doing? Working. I was working like 20 hours a week, doing a little bit of maintenance stuff. Had to get a job in a machine shop because I had to work 40 hours a week because I'm poor. Worked in a machine shop, listened to sports radio all day. And again, it's not about my story, but this is my journey, which Albert O's journey, this is what I enjoy. I could have given up. I could have easily have given up. Well, you know, hey, it's just what happens when you grow up in Grover, Colorado. 
you know, I didn't finish college and went to one year of community college, last chance cowboy college, in fact. I could have easily wrapped it up. I didn't. I fought. I fought for what I wanted. I wanted to be on air. I wanted to be on radio. I wanted to cover football. Now I want to do that and create comic books. Guess what I have? My own independent comic book company. You can fight for it, everybody. It's not easy. A lot of people will tell you you can't do it. A lot of people won't believe in you. And if I had a dollar for everyone that didn't believe in me, I'd be rich. (laughs) Wealthy, should I say. Alberto, I'm proud of him because it doesn't matter what I say. You know, the guy can't play, whatever. He just can't block. Alberto has changed that. And it was tough, but he did it. And I'm proud of him, man. Y'all can change that. You all can change out there. There's nothing holding you back except for yourself. Alberto's not holding back anymore. And I appreciate that. It's Denver Sports Tonight. I am Cecil Lammy talking about the Denver Broncos and what tough cuts could be coming. The answer will shock you next. Denver Sports Station 104.3 The Fan presents Denver Sports Tonight. I don't think the Broncos are going to make any surprise cuts. I just don't. Um, There was a discussion, again, ask the fair questions, ask the tough questions. There was a discussion about whether or not this team would keep Garrett Bowles based on the finances involved. The answer, excuse me, is yes. You know, it would be a surprise cut if they got rid of Garrett. Um, None of the signs are indicating that they are. Even though you could save $28 million over the next two years. Again, it's a fair question. You look at the money, follow the money. Um, but just kind of the way this team is trending and the lack of depth that you have on the offensive line, I do not think, even with the savings involved, heavy amount of savings involved, I don't think that would be the best decision for the Denver Broncos, and I believe they feel that way as well. Uh, Kareem Jackson, would he be a surprise cut? No, um, because of his age, but I don't think he is going to lose his spot. Again, could be wrong, could be wrong about both the guys. Um, You never know uh, who's becoming available. I've looked over, as I cover the entire league for football guys, um, and I cover the Broncos for Denver sports, but as I cover the entire league and I'm looking at who's being released right now, you know, Brashad Perryman released. um, James Washington released. I'm stuck on wide receivers. There's no one really of note. Malik Reed got released. You know, uh, if there if there was one player of note that I would consider, he was okay with the Steelers after his time with the Broncos. He didn't do much with the Dolphins. Had the eight-sack season with the Broncos. Like, if you could get Malik Reed back here, would you do it? Yeah, sure. I mean, I like Marcus Haynes, unless Albert O's pancaking him. But, like, you know, the more pass rushers you can have, the better it is for your team. So, would the Broncos be considering a Malik Reed? Sure. Dolphins let him go, scoop him up. Shane Ray had an injury settlement with the Bills, so he's probably just not right, and I feel bad for Shane. I like Shane. Hellcat was my, speaking of Mopar, uh, he drove a Hellcat, so my nickname for him was Hellcat. So I always appreciated Shane Ray, appreciated his toughness. He just, his body uh, betrayed him, basically. Um, so right now, as we sit tonight, and I haven't watched The Wire in basically two hours, um, so when I get home, I'll go back over who are the other cuts from today, but I'm watching around the league, you know, Colt McCoy, all these things like, is there anyone really like super exciting? 
Not yet. Not yet. Malik Reed, maybe. Not yet. So will the Broncos make surprise cuts? No. No, I don't think they will. I think surprise cuts are for good teams, like great teams with deep rosters. The Broncos are fighting to be good. They're not great, and they don't have depth. And again, it doesn't mean the I, I hate the Broncos, whatever. No, no, no. Just the God's honest truth about this team is they're they got to fight this year. They got to fight. Who are the Sean Payton fighters? That's what he's looking out for. Who can make the plays when the chips are down? And like I told you, Alberto, who's making those plays, man? You got to praise that. Jaleel McLaughlin making those plays. He's saying Bassey. All right. <laughs> All right, he's saying Bassey. Uh, go, go go get another pick, right? The next one accounts against the Raiders. Although picking off Jimmy G is probably something he could do. Let's just say that. You hear that sweet Ronnie James do? You mean that's a wrap? Although I think I'm back tomorrow. I'll have to look at the schedule. I'm sorry. <laughs> anyway, that's a wrap. That's my man KJ, the man of the box. I am Cecil Lammy saying thank you very much for listening. Appreciate you all. As always, I want you to look out. And I want you to mainly stay frosty. Coming for you.